0: What is up, guys? My name is Brandon Higginbotham, and I am one of your co-hosts. And my name is Aviv. I am another one of your co-hosts. And we just wanted to take a second here just to kind of give you guys an understanding of what this podcast is going to be about since it is the first episode. So we're basically just going to be talking about and sharing with you guys some knowledge around certain topics that we both enjoy learning about and have some knowledge with that we think the general public can learn from. Um, We're also going to be researching new topics that we want to learn about as well as interviewing people in our social circle that we want to learn more from and share with you some of their insight on anything from business, sports, life, um, just anything we're interested in.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the podcast is called Tea Time with Brandon and Aviv. Big reason for that is because every podcast will be trying out a new tea, telling you how, how uh, we like it or don't like it. And then we'll go into the topic of, of today. So with that being said, today's tea
0: is... Yeah, what are we trying today? Is uh, It's the Bigelow. Yeah, the Bigelow chamomile, just general, normal, nighttime tea. Yeah. So, all right, cheers. Cheers. It's not bad. It's not bad. I've never had chamomile tea before. It's, pretty, it's soft.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. I'm used to the green tea that I've been drinking. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, guys, I would recommend it. What would you give out of 10?
1: This is tough because I don't have any
0: Mm.
1: chamomile tea to Mm. face it against. But out of all the other teas that I've had, I would say it's around a seven. It's very flavorful. It's very. There's no sugar. There's no honey. There's nothing in it. We're drinking it straight. Yeah, this is good. I'll
0: enjoy this. I would give it
1: an eight. (laughs) All right, perfect. Seven and an eight. You heard it here first.
0: (laughs) What are we discussing today?
1: So today we're talking about marketing myths specifically around the... Uh, nutrition industry so we're gonna be starting off talking about about you know the anabolic window you know how you need to grab you know x amount of protein within 30 minutes of your workout we'll be moving into talking about breakfast that's going to tie into our third topic of milk Mm
0: -hmm. and then i guess it it would be important for them to know too this is something i would care about so i would say they were both pretty well versed in the fitness industry you know i've had a passion for it for for a long time pretty much since i would say my freshman year in in high school just trying to learn about working out more in in, in the fitness um, guidelines and just trying different approaches and i'm sure we'll have plenty of episodes on, on different things um and i would say you're very well versed as well and, and pretty you know take it very seriously and always researching things and looking more so we are pretty pretty well versed on this and and a lot of the things that we're going to be sharing with you guys are coming from studies that we researched and whatnot we wanted to make it authentic um so just so you guys know that um but yeah just like Aviv said so we're going to start off with kind of this post-workout window myth a lot of companies will market to you especially these protein companies that you need 25 grams or so within 30 minutes after your workout And when it comes down to the science, that's really not true. Yeah, so we did look at a study. Um, It was done by the Department of Kinesiology at McMaster University in Ontario. And basically what they did was they tested the levels of protein synthesis in in bodies of people who had worked out. And what they found was four hours post-workout protein synthesis increased by around 50%. Makes sense. You know, you're stimulating your muscles. It it wouldn't be um, right or make sense if it wasn't going up at least a little bit. So 50% after four hours. But what's interesting is it went up by 109% 24 hours after the workout. So that leads you to believe that it really isn't necessary to freak out and have those kind of like, I used to do this myself. Like I need a protein shake right after I was buying protein constantly. I need to have this within 30 minutes or I'm going to like, quote unquote, waste my right. workout. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Is that how you used to be kind of too when you first started?
1: Yeah. I mean, a lot of the the stuff that I learned when I first started working out was pretty much like a lot of the surface level, I guess, marketing myths to go along with what we're talking about today that the fitness industry kind of spews on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very regimented as well. Uh, you know, I, I. Made sure that I had, you know, protein as soon as I got home. I would race home. I would drink a, you know, a whey protein shake. I even went so far as, uh, as I had a little, a little bag of gummy bears that I brought with me into the gym just to restore my glycogen. Mm-hmm. Um, Post workout. Post workout, yeah. yeah. And I and I ate those literally on the way out of the gym. My feet didn't leave the gym yet. I would go to the locker you know, grab all my stuff. And on my way out of the gym, I'd start eating those, (laughs) those, those gummy bears. And, you know, I I can tell you that, you know, now Brand and I have been doing intermittent fasting for about a year now, maybe a little bit longer. And we've, we've been working out fasted for so long. And honestly, I feel better working out fasted and, you know, waiting, pushing back those meals, even after the workout. Mm -hmm. I don't really think I, I mean, I definitely did not notice the difference between, you know, Forcing food down within those 30
0: minutes and not. Yeah. Well, I I think that you just want to eat the gummy bears. That's probably. That's
1: That's, that's a good point. It was a a good excuse. I used to do that too. Not gummy bears
0: though. But, (laughs) But yeah, guys, like the overarching principle is it's about calories in versus calories out for that day. So if you're tracking your macros or trying to hit a general amount of protein, just worry about hitting it that day. You know what I mean? Don't obsess about, I need to get this much in after my workout. I need to eat this. I need to do that. Your body is made to adapt. It's going to adapt. It's going to respond to the stimulation of working out. And as long as you're getting, you know, 0. 0.7 to around one mm-hmm. gram of protein per body weight, uh, per pound of body weight, you, that's plenty. You know, you don't need to be doing 1.5 or 2. That's that's totally plenty. Right. Um but I think that it just allows you to kind of have more of an ease of mind. I'm not worrying about it like I used to. You don't necessarily have to spend money on protein supplements, which right. means you um, don't really do that much anymore, which is nice, too. Um, but yeah, so that that's a huge myth. Right. And it's then
1: even myth. even with whey, you know, whey is known to be the quickest uh, protein that can be absorbed. Mm-hmm. And even with whey, your body can only absorb 8 to 10 grams per hour. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's just... That, that's only for it to, to enter your bloodstream. That's without it being completely absorbed within your system and, you know, you know, getting all the nutrients out of it. So it's a lot slower than you think. Eight to 10 grams, you're drinking 25 grams. You're talking about a couple hours there.
0: Yeah. It's not like it's just going to shoot into your, your muscles. Right. And then another, you know, principle that's kind of more scientific as well for you guys to keep in mind that if you're not familiar with it is the is the idea behind hgh so hgh and insulin they have a reverse relationship so when you guys are eating whenever we eat your insulin is going to increase and that's just for insulin to regulate your blood sugar but your hgh is going to decrease so that's just the relationship that they have and hgh is human hormone right so like a lot of bodybuilders will literally inject this into themselves you know what I mean it's a very powerful um, hormone so you want to keep your HGH high and how do you do that by eating less right so you can still eat you know two or three meals a day but you don't need to be I need to eat this before I work out this after I work out because all you're gonna do is just deplete your HGH levels you want to keep them high mm-hmm. um, and then something to note too like for myself there are times of I'm having a bigger workout like a lot of deadlifts and squats I will eat before because I need it you know what I mean but you guys can adapt to working out fasted you know we both can attest yeah. to that
1: yeah I sure. would even venture to say that you know most of the times where I've hit PRs in the gym were fasted workouts
0: mm-hmm. it's just about the ad- adaptation uh-huh. you know for me I know that I was one who would eat every two hours when I was really trying to put on weight when I was a junior in college I really didn't feel like I would have a good workout if I didn't eat like a big carb meal beforehand you know, it's kind of like obsessive, but now it's a lot more tamed. Um, I don't have to worry about trying to hit these pre and post workout, you know, nutrition myths, right. or Or macros, right? It, it, it's not really helping you. If it can get you through the workout, I think that's great, mm-hmm. but you don't need to like obsess on it, especially the post workout, especially that,
1: right? Right. And for those of you that don't, that maybe aren't, you know, super, super into fitness, there's a lot of benefits of having a high HGH as well that, um, kind of revolves around your daily life. Uh, first one is it it, it builds muscle mass. Um, it builds lean muscle mass, most importantly. Um, there's anti-aging effects, fat loss, fat burning effects. Um, so it, it's, it's really a powerful hormone that you want to make sure that you are manipulating in the proper way.
0: Right, right. And this kind of we transition mm-hmm. into the next myth that we were talking about. And this is one that's really blown up by the media, especially when we were all, we were all kids. I don't really watch a lot of cartoons now, but I know that when I was watched, like Nickelodeon and those shows when I was younger, constant commercials and whatnot on breakfast, right? Yeah. Um, how, you know, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. They have that picture perfect ad with the cereal, the pancakes, the orange juice, the milk right there. Um, and that's really, you know, not the case. And then, you know, we both have a lot of experience personally with manipulating how we eat with intermittent fasting you know that we can touch upon but again going back to the hgh levels um do you kind of want to talk about what we found in...
1: so yeah what we found is um within within a 14 to 16 hour fast mm-hmm. there's a 1300 percent increase for women in hgh and about a 2000 percent increase in men um, so this just goes to show the the benefits of even a short fast you know 14 to 16 hours This includes overnight, so really all you're doing is skipping that first meal of the day, that breakfast meal, Mm -hmm. um, and your HDS really
0: shoots through the roof. Yeah, so it's just another way for you guys to think about breakfast differently. You know, if if there are these positive benefits to not eating right away when you wake up, and yeah, you might say, just like what I said, but I need energy. Like, how am I going to have any energy? But your body is going to adapt to this being in this fasted state and if you think about it when we were hunter gatherers we didn't eat you know we were hunting all day so you really become mentally clear very focused takes about two two weeks to a month to adapt to Mm -hmm. this but the whole idea behind breakfast is the most important meal of the day you're not gonna you know have your brain functioning if you don't eat and whatnot is a complete complete myth and that's taken from two people and thousands and thousands of other people who right. are doing this right you know right
1: and i think i think the big benefit within you know the working corporate world is just how you can keep that insulin level low
0: mm-hmm.
1: How you can keep that low throughout the day you know you're not starting your day off with a very high glycemic meal yeah you're not starting your day off with you know toast pancakes yeah you know right. stuff like that um so yeah. you're able to sustain a a better energy level throughout the day
0: right well it's like what I was saying before right like that that breakfast that you see on those commercials it's literally sugary cereal with orange juice and pancakes I mean that are those are such high glycemic foods right I mean if you if you literally ate that if I ate that I'd, I'd probably be fall asleep in an hour <laughs> just for how how use I am to to not having a high glycemic carbs right you know right it's not a steady stream of of uh of energy and I was even telling you about this the other day when I because I usually don't eat carbs till at night but I did have some oatmeal for lunch and that's all I had had and I mean two two or three hours after I ate I was starving and I think I just burned right through it so it's a lot better if you guys are going to have some sort of breakfast you're going to want to have not these starchy carbs that are advertised you're going to want to have some healthy fats Mm -hmm. like eggs bacon even if you guys like salmon something like that it's going to or butters, almond butters, right. peanut butters. It's going to last a lot longer if you if you're basing it off of healthy fats and some protein as well. Right. Right.
1: Yeah, one thing that that would really help lower that insulin, you know, and let's say if you do have a very high glycemic meal, you have french toast, you have pancakes, you you know, have hash browns, something like that to lower, you know, your insulin's going to spike, you know, pretty soon after eating all that simple carbs one thing that you can do to lower that that insulin spike making it not as drastic would be just to have some some fats like Brandon was saying mm-hmm. um, that that's going to help you sustain your energy for a longer period of time um, what that does is it is it prevents your cells from absorbing all that sugar mm-hmm. that gets released to your
0: bloodstream yeah so it basically cuts cuts the spike in half right, right? that's like a rule. To not get too technical so yeah if you guys are going to have some sort of carb I mean for me if I'm going to have French toast I'm, I'm having a cheap meal mm-hmm. I'm going to go full right on, you know what I mean but if let's just say you like having an oatmeal in the morning you know throw some peanut butter in there I think that'll help progress the, the energy from it right mm-hmm. rather than just having straight oatmeal right um or even a good tip too if you're going to have a banana bananas are are, are different it's just in the sense that it's going to break down to to fructo- fructose right but you could have peanut butter with it, you know what I mean, so that it's it's not gonna go through your system that fast. It's not gonna spike your insulin like how it would if you just ate it by itself, right? You know, um, but yeah, so I I would encourage you guys to try it, and we will talk more about intermittent fasting, you know, as as we want to make an episode. Specifically yeah, we'll have a dedicated episode because it really has been something that's helped us both a lot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, research it on your own. Read about it. I think that we we both agree that it's gonna be getting a lot more mainstream as time goes on. Right. We've been doing it for a while now. Um, but yeah, so in conclusion on this one, breakfast is definitely not the most important meal of the day.
1: Right. Right. And one more thing I want to add before we move on to milk is just, you know, we both work in offices, right? Mm-hmm. We both, we both work in offices. We both see how people live throughout their day mm-hmm. and the, just the habits that people have. Yeah. A right. lot of those people that, that have breakfast, Given me and you probably don't see a lot what they eat in breakfast,
0: um,
1: unless the company provides it or whatnot. But um, you can just see the crash from the breakfast, from all that sugary stuff that they're eating. Yeah. Because, you know, by 10 a.m., 11 a.m., they're already on their second, third cup of coffee, and that's just to sustain them, Mm -hmm. right? So, it's just it, it. Like like Brandon was saying, really, I would encourage you to experiment
0: with intermittent fasting or if you don't want to have some more really base your breakfast on healthy fat mm-hmm. based around that you know that's another myth that we could even talk about another calm episode as well the myth of fat fat immediately when I think of that I associate it with bad. right immediately I think everyone does right and that's just not the case you know your brain is I think like 60% saturated fats you know So it's, it's, it's not the case. It's just everything with, with moderation, obviously. But, but yeah, I think that that's, that's a really big myth.
1: Right, exactly. And if you want to lose weight, eat more fats, eat Mm -hmm. more healthy fats, because that's more satiating than carbs or protein. Mm -hmm. So it'll fill you up longer. Mm -hmm. Goes, goes the same thing. Same thing as what, what we're talking about here with breakfast. Yeah. So, right. But, but yeah, so this, this, this last myth here that we just want to quickly touch on is kind of related, which is just, uh, just about milk. Mm -hmm. Right. So the the myth here is that, you know, milk is extremely healthy, um, which it is. Don't get me wrong. But there's aspects of it that that are, I think, overlooked.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. and I think that that main aspect is just how much sugar is in milk. You know, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, I would drink literally probably like a half a gallon by myself a day Mm -hmm. when I was really trying to put on weight. Um, and that, and I had no idea how much sugar was in milk. I mean, it is there's a lot. So if you just think about in one cup, which is like nothing, right? I think a normal glass is probably at least two. You know how how much was in one cup?
1: It was know? it was uh, anywhere between, I think it was like twelve and eighteen.
0: Yeah. Oh,
1: grams of sugar. Grams of sugar, which is yeah. ridiculous.
0: Yeah. It's, ridiculous. It's it's a pretty sugary drink, and it, like like if you've said. It's not bad for you. Ton of vitamins and minerals in it. Good source of protein, but you need to watch how much you are drinking. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, because a lot of that sugar will just convert to to fat if you're if you're having a lot of high glycemic foods throughout the day that you aren't even really aware about. And maybe this is something we can also talk about in one episode, knowing the difference between high glycemic foods and low glycemic. Yeah. foods. You know, I don't think a lot of people know about that as well, um, but. Yeah, yeah, and just things like Nesquik. I mean, how much was a Nesquik?
1: Nesquik would have, in in the large bottle, there was twenty two grams of of sugar per serving, and there were two servings in the bottle. So you're looking at forty four grams of sugar. Yeah. In one of the you know the I wouldn't say I wouldn't say those those bottles are very large, but of the larger bottles.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, and I'm guilty of it too. I mean, you would see me when I worked at Hagen Dazs. I would. I would come back with two or one right. Nesquik. I wouldn't take the ice cream. I would take a drink. I I'd worked at haagen my freshman year of college, and I took a drink, and I would take the Nesquik and drink it. I mean, it's delicious. I'll be honest. Yeah. But I had no idea there was that much sugar in it. Right. Um, and obviously, sugar is not the, the devil. It's no. Not, it's just important to uh, to be aware of that, you know. Um, but, yeah, just, you know, pay attention to it, guys. If you're having like I was, if you're in high school or something and you're drinking way more milk than most people would be, and I think that that's over two cups a day, mm-hmm. just maybe tone it down a little bit.
1: Right, right. I think I think the danger here is is not drinking milk. I think the danger here is what people um, associate with milk, yeah, just how it's so healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, when that's advertised, right, there's a lot of milk right, they add, got milk. Got milk ads right, and, right, and there's a, you know, agenda behind those. So, um, we don't have to get into that, but you know, that's, it, it was just kind of like an agenda to, to get people to buy it. You mm-hmm. know, you guys can look up that on your own, but just, just pay attention to it. You know, I think right. that's a lesson too. pay attention to the nutrition labels on what you're eating. Like for me, there's a lot more sugar and tomato sauce than I thought. And I just kind of realized that.
1: Yeah. Like pasta know, sauce. Pasta sauce. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: It's not like there's that much, but I didn't know there'd be like eight, 10 grams. Right. It's just all
1: these unaccounted for things, you know, with milk, you're not accounting for that, you know, 20, 30, even 40 grams of sugar that you're ingesting first thing in the morning. So you go throughout your day thinking, okay, I just had a couple glasses of milk. You know, I had a couple eggs. I didn't have that much sugar today. I can indulge in a dessert. I can indulge in all this stuff. And pretty soon before you know it, you're going overboard on your sugar. You're going overboard on your fats. You're going overboard on you know, your, your, your simple carbs. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's really where the danger is coming from. That's what brand I want to, you know, bring to your awareness. Um, so moral of the story here, guys, is just to do your own due diligence. Don't pay attention to, um, you know, marketing myths, especially around the food industry, because everybody's just trying to sell you something.
0: Yeah. The food and fitness industry is, is tough. So, you know, do your own due diligence. Don't just take everything, um, you know, for face value. If it's a commercial, if it's some sort of ad that you're seeing, fitness magazines probably aren't the best way to get research on supplements because we're right there paying for those ads.
1: Right. Or or even like general consensus. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a general consensus among the fitness industry that you should have 25 grams of protein after the workout. It's a general consensus among parents Mm -hmm. that milk is a great, beverage for your drinks right for, for your kids <laughs> right right
0: yeah so just do your own due diligence don't take everything for face value i think that you guys will you know it'll be fun you'll be you'll learn more and kind of be able to understand what's true and what's not yeah. and yeah yeah and that'll uh, conclude this episode thank you for for
1: tuning in and i hope uh, you enjoyed it.